Hello and welcome to Dad's Cavecast. I'm your host, Dave Rosales. Today we'll be talking about my first jobs, um, when I started working, why I started working, and uh, some of those experiences. Then I'll go into a little bit of a rant, something that's always kind of bugged me. And uh, and then we'll talk about one of my hobbies, something I've uh, started learning how to do, Um it's taught me a couple things about myself, and uh, so yeah, let's get into it. So when I started working, it was pretty much around 1995. I, I believe I was about 13 or 14, um, and the place I started working, it was kind of like a weekend thing. Uh, I was going to the flea market of all places at uh, Skyview in Salinas, California. So what would happen is... Um, they would have the flea market, and if you would get there early enough, uh, about 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning, you would catch the vendors that were showing up to to work that day, that Saturday or that uh, that Sunday. So if you're there early enough, you could walk around and talk to people and be like, hey, if you need, need a hand, I'm here. Um, I'm willing to help you. And uh, I used to work for a jeweler. Uh, she would set up her back then a lot of people carried gold and silver so she had a little stand with jewelry and earrings and necklaces and uh, bracelets and stuff like that Um, and I would help her out just you know I help her go get her lunch go get her coffee Uh, if she needed some boxes moved around I was 14 keep in mind so I wasn't really you know uh, very helpful I was just kind of a hand uh, young kid and uh, it would consist of you know you got to show up there at five five thirty and you're there till four or five in the in the afternoon so it was a 12 hour day and um, she would usually kick me about a hundred dollars in a day so that's you know tax-free just just as a helper but I mean, you're still putting in 12 hours so it wasn't uh it wasn't like you were making a lot of money but uh it was a lot for a 14 year old kid. Now, the reason I, I was doing that is, you know, Saturday mornings, if you want to buy something, you know, we were, we weren't really, you know, rich or anything. So any little bit of money kind of coming in, helped out hundred bucks, went a long way, you know, buying yourself, uh, you know, a little snacks and stuff and having a little extra change. Now, back then it was kind of around the time when, uh, uh super nintendo and stuff was uh was the main console so back then you had sega and uh nintendo entertainment system so nes or super nes and uh that was my thing i used to play video games and ride my motorcycle and you know play outside and and uh just be a kid you know be a kid in the 80s and 90s but you know at 14 you're starting to to buy a couple things you know you, you got your shoes and your your clothes that you're starting to to get into and uh, so that's essentially the very first kind of job that i had where i had to go help out got got a little bit of a some money you know what i mean so um yeah it was just uh learning to wake up early in the morning and and just be a gopher do what the lady told you or you know a guy if you got another another person that uh 
that would want your services or your help or you know now she liked how i worked so she would pick me up you know i would pass by and and it wasn't like a guarantee if i didn't want to go work that weekend then you know i didn't have to but uh sometimes you know she wouldn't show up or you could also go ask somebody else it's kind of you show up early in the morning and usually around that time you're not paying because the place isn't really open yet and uh well it is for vendors so you know when you're walking in they know you're not a vendor so they kind of assume um that you're walking in to go go and help somebody so you don't have to pay to get into the to the flea market um so yeah, at fourteen, I was, uh, you know, making a little bit of money, um, and then around f- yeah, same fourteen, fifteen, uh, I dabbled in uh, roofing. That lasted for like a day, so like, I don't even count that as uh, as actual. I worked. It was just uh, I tried it out, fell through the roof, uh, one leg, not the whole the whole way down, but. Uh, I got cut up. I still got the scars from it, but cut up my leg pretty good and smashed my fingers a couple of times with a hammer. So um, I think I was a little too young to be doing that at that time. Um, but yeah, no, it waking up at 530 in the morning kind of made you feel like an adult. You know what I mean? Like you were getting up early uh, and going to work. You had your breakfast and and you're going to go do something, you know, before the crack of dawn or whatever. Um, so, yeah, that kind of instilled, you know, if you, if you get up early and you, you got to go do what you got to do, you get a little bit of scratch in your pocket. And uh, back then, uh, you could really make, you know, 100 bucks stretch. And if you're going every other weekend or every weekend, um, you were able to buy a couple things, you know what I mean? And, and uh, being a kid, 14-year-old, I mean... Well, what really do you need? You know, buy sodas and chips and video games and stuff. So, um, that was one of the first couple two jobs, and then I would do uh, uh, and off little end jobs here and there, helping people out. And then uh, I got into a summer gig where uh, I went and signed up, and they would take us. You would show it was another early morning all day job where it was for the summer and what would happen it what would happen would be uh we would get dropped off at a certain location and then they hired about five of us and one driver now the driver's job was just to pick us up with the company car um or truck and drive us down to the quail lodge now this was in monterey up in the hills um and it was a big resort it was the quail lodge um it was a big property so during the winter time now winter i'm saying it just kind of it's not summer you know what i mean so during the winter time it wasn't used and we would come right before the summertime right before it opened up and we would cut the grass clean the grounds um so for my thing was i got i was getting trained with what was it called the mule which is just a little atv off-road utility vehicle you know what i mean had a little bed on the back 
got trained how to use that. Um, and you would, uh, they would train you how to cut the grass properly, you know, pick up clippings, uh, trim the dead, dead plants around the houses. So if I had like, uh, dead leaves, you had to pick all that out, make it nice and neat for, you know, the rich people that are going to live there. Um, my big thing there was, it was pretty much like a custodian's job, you know what I mean? So the big job that I had was cleaning the swimming pool. Now it was a big swimming pool underground, uh, in ground swimming pool and it wasn't covered. So it would, it would grow a lot of algae on the side walls. So what would I would have to do is shock it and throw some chlorine and bleach or whatever it is, chlorine tablets. Um, and a shock treatment into the actual water now when you have to you have to scrub the algae off the sides of the walls so there was a brush and like a 10 foot pole and you would have to scrub the side of that that swimming pool like and if you had like a 12 foot uh deep swimming pool you got to go all the way down to the bottom and that fucker got heavy after a minute, you know what I mean? And you're kind of, you're working yourself out. Now, you couldn't just clean it in one day. It was kind of like you had to do pass by pass. And um, it was one of those things where you had to really scrub the shit out of it to, to get all that algae off. So it was a whole uh, season type job. Um now out there in the hills now in monterey up in the hills you get a lot of wildlife so you you get you get bears up there you could get uh you got a lot of snakes up there and you know you get your wasps and your your wild boars and stuff so there was an instance when uh wild boars would what they do is they kind of they start eating the plants so and if you got real nice grass, um, they'll start tearing it up. They'll literally dig under the grass and tear up your whole lawn. So if we ever saw one, which we did, we caught one. Um, we caught it and you had to you had to put it out. You had to get a little twenty two and shoot shoot the shoot the hog. But wild hogs are pretty. They're mean little fuckers. So there was one time when we were clearing a big patch of uh of brush and we ran across um wild boar with little little piglets little baby baby boars and uh that fucker rushed us so if you don't know these these pigs get real big and they got uh little husks little you know teeth little boar teeth and if they catch you they'll bite you and, and they'll they'll ram you and if they ram you with one of those tusks it'll it'll tear you up it'll open you up pretty good um and they're mean little fuckers well not little they're they're good size good size like if you had like a nice heavy german shepherd type size dog is kind of what one of those hogs they get big and they get heavy and once they get going they're pretty quick um so yeah it was one of those instances where uh 
we're run and it, it's hot too. So we're running away from this this hog because it's protecting it's it's young. Um. And uh, yeah, that was one of the things we had to get rid of all the hogs from the area, clean up the the the, the, the greenage. You know what I mean? All the plants and the the grass. You got to mow it. Got to make it real nice for. For the people that are going to live there during the summer and vacation there. Um, now, it was one of, one of those jobs where I knew there was going to be an end to the job. There was going to be an end to the to the the contract that I had as far as me working for that company. Um, so, one of my, <laughs> I've never done this, but one of my goals was at the end of the, the job, on my last day, because we're going to have it all ready for whoever it is, um, was for me to, because I was in charge of the pool, was uh, to jump into the pool on my last day. And uh, the time came when uh, it was the end of the day, our driver had shown up and we were picking up everything, just, you know, took my shoes off and got my wallet out my pocket and back then we didn't have cell phones so um i think i had a, might, might have had a pager on me but um got all that stuff out of my pocket and i jumped in and i'll tell you that was the coldest fucking ride home Be, well it might have might not have been that cold but i was wet i was wet all the way home <laughs> so it was one of those things where it was, it was a reward for the end of uh, working in that hot, you know, uh, top of a hill type of climate and uh, nice and hot. I, I came out of that a couple shades darker than I usually am. I working in the sun and stuff. It is heavy duty work. You know, it's very uh, labor intensive and, and physical work. Um, there was an instance when uh and this place was beautiful okay there was the roads were real nice it's kind of one of those things that you see in uh in commercials and stuff as a matter of fact i was driving that mule uh down the road because i had to go down to uh pick up a couple items um and i happened to drive into a photo shoot or a video which i might have almost fucked up for this uh for chrysler now Chrysler had the concept car of the Chrysler Concord. Um and uh it was the very first one. They still hadn't put it into production. They had a couple of them. And I drove into the actual photo shoot and it was a time lapse. And uh when I drove in, I didn't know what was going on. I just saw a guy on a ca- on a on a really tall ladder and a camera and the car was just sitting right there so i think they were doing like a time lapse and i believe i didn't mess it up because i was able to like say oh shit and turn around on that mule down and go back up the road um or they might have been able to cut me out i don't know they spend money on that stuff so but yeah i saw that very first uh or one of the concept cars of the car the concord the chrysler concord before it came out and uh that's how nice the place is they use it for photo shoots and stuff like that private closed road so it's perfect you know um so yeah that was uh one of my actual like legit jobs um i don't even remember how much it paid but um 
yeah, I don't think I ever went back. Now I did use those skills and I work with my mom. Now my mom used to do uh, landscaping for, for a company. And I went and worked for her with that the same skill set, you know what I mean? Knowing how to trim the bushes and stuff and, and, and take the dead rotting uh, plants out of the, the actual gardens. Um, cutting grass and stuff like that. It's an honest job. It's it's tough, you know, and uh, it's one of those where you got to wake up early in the morning and get out there and, and get at it, you know. Um. So, yeah, so that was uh, that was kind of my first two jobs. And uh, it kind of teaches you that you got to work. You got to on some jobs. It's very labor intensive. So. If you get into one of those things, you don't go into schools, you know, you don't get your learn certain uh, skills. Uh, and that's kind of what you could fall back on, you know, do some manual labor and some you can make some money that way. Um, so, yeah, those were my first two jobs. So started working around 14 years old, uh, doing odd jobs, not really a job job, but at like uh, 14 or 15, I had that quill lodge job and then uh after that i've had a job ever since yeah you know for usually for a company or something so yeah this is the rant segment of the podcast a segment where i discuss something that's been bugging me uh for a while and maybe a solution for it now lately I've been uh getting kind of ranty or upset at certain things and uh one of these rants that I'm going to probably get into here in a second is uh about now I haven't really seen this happen in California. Now I I I see this more prevalent out here where I live out now in uh rural well, not rural. It's kind of like little town, uh, Illinois. Now, as people driving with their fucking high beams on during the day, or their high beams on at night and not turning them down, or uh, shit. I guess I guess this is kind of a little three piece uh, fucking lifted trucks that don't realize that they lifted their goddamn trucks and you need to adjust your headlights down because now you got like eye level beams might not even be high beams, uh, regular beams. And they're blaring right into somebody's, uh, uh, eyes. You know what I mean? It's like, shit, I get it that you got your lifted fucking truck, but you need to adjust your headlights. Um, or the people that drive with their high beams on during the day, it's like you you have to be able to see that fucking high beam light on your dash. Um, yeah, it's just one of those things. And then another person, too, is the guy that likes to swap out his regular incandescent light bulb for a LED. Um, not knowing that the LED is more of a floodlight and your actual light housing is not designed for that so it just the light pattern scatters so it just it's blinding it's this uh 
you don't really get a better view of the road unless you got a certain type of headlight. Um, those guys just kind of, I mean, if you're, if you're just gonna put a light bulb in there because you think it's better or because it's blue or you think it makes it look, uh, you know, clear, it doesn't <laughs> just, I don't know. I, I don't believe I'm the only fucking guy out there that just gets irritated and, uh, talks the ear off of off my wife and uh bitches and complains in the car like look at this fucking idiot you know um but that's one of my little rants um that i kind of just talk the ear off of somebody whoever's in the car with me is i'm just fucking ranting about you know this guy that obviously if you got the headlights during the day you can see there's a high beam dash light on your dash turn the fucking thing down or off or if you got daylight running lights all the time certain cars have that and i get it um at least take your high beams down and if you're lifting your truck like don't just give up after you lifted the fucking truck adjust your fucking headlights put them down you know you're up three more feet (laughs) some trucks other trucks is not that drastic but just a little bit of fucking put those headlights up on somebody's eyes. And um, it's just for me, it's annoying. I think it's kind of half-assing. You did your job, uh, your lifted truck or whatever. And now your headlights are in everybody's eyes. I don't know. It gets me to the point where I just want to throw something out the car and hit their fucking headlights, turn them off. Um, but yeah, that's one of my little rants that I go on. And uh, so, yeah. I mean, if you listen to this and you're one of those fucking people, yeah, I mean, either you fix it or you're that guy, I guess, or that girl. I don't know. Um, so anyways, uh, this segment i'll discuss a hobby that i'm currently into and some of the lessons that it's taught me let's get into one of my hobbies that i'm into now and the one that i'm into now is well you're listening to it podcasting you know what i mean and uh um it's taught me a couple things um now what it has taught well let's see the reason I got into it is I listen to podcasts. I listen to podcasts when I'm driving to work and back. I got a 30 minute drive there and a 30 minute drive back. So I'm able to cram in a a nice one hour episode of, uh, you know, a couple of the big names up there or whatever. But um, I figured I talked the ear off my wife when we're driving. And so... I'm able to sit down and and have a decent conversation with a lot of people now. Uh, I could talk politics with some people. Now, mind you, I'm not a professional expert on just about nothing. But I do listen and I do tend to believe that I I learn quite a bit. Now, I don't know at all because if I did, you know, I'd have millions in the bank account, but I don't. So I'm learning and uh, I understand that. So I think that 
that's uh coming from a good spot you know what i mean now um this hobby which is you know podcasting now if you want to get into it and and if you're into audio stuff i'll run down things that i got okay now i built a computer um for gaming okay now it can handle the workload as far as just recording the podcast shit any any little you know uh laptop or even your ipad can handle this um now what i picked up is i picked up for my equipment as far as podcasting goes is the audio take technica atr 2100 x so that comes with a usb and an xlr uh, connection now i use the usb maybe later down the road if uh if i really get into this which i think i believe i am um i'll use the xlr now i've heard the xlr as opposed to the usb and it sounds way better um this is a decent mic um and uh the one that i bought it came with a boom arm and uh and a pop filter so that's what i'm running as far as this microphone that i'm using um hopefully later on i'll pick up uh like the scarlet scarlet 4 4i4 or the 2i2 um and then i'll run the xlr through there and then i'll just hook it up to my to my uh computer here and as far as my headphones go i got the audio technica m30s m30x um but uh so as far as getting into the podcasting stuff and being a hobby i was able to learn a lot about microphones and and these uh audio interfaces um now there is another one that another uh piece of equipment that i want to get for mobile um podcasting and it's the the zoom h6 um probably the 2020 version and uh so yeah getting into hobbies kind of teaches me about equipment uh products you know what i mean stuff like that and i just kind of i nerd out on on my my hobbies and by nerding out like i like to learn a lot about right now for the the podcasting is about microphones and you know um sound equipment uh headphones i've always loved headphones um even before you know podcasting it's always been kind of I've always liked headphones. I don't even know why. It's kind of a, it's a little. I got way too many of them, anyways. But uh, it just teaches me. I I do a deep dive into the the nerdy aspects of a lot of my hobbies. Now, if you keep uh, continue to listen to the podcast, I'll I'm going to talk about all my other hobbies. So I'll talk about me learning about computers and and. Uh, you know, woodwork and, and and really how I dive into stuff like that, you know, fixing cars, tattooing and stuff like that. But uh yeah, this uh this hobby right now is podcasting and the thing that it's kinda showed me, you know, 
is uh, how it it showed me how I have kind of a fear of talking. Uh, well, not not a fear. It's just uh, how do I explain it? It it's kind of weird to talk into a mic by yourself and you're not really having a conversation. I am having a conversation with you guys uh, listening, but it's not really like I'm talking to another person in front of me. Right. So I can have a conversation in my head all day and it comes out smooth and it's real coherent. But as soon as I would sit down in front of this mic, like I would tense up. Now, that's something that it's showing me about myself that I need to be able to just loosen up and and just do it. You know what I mean? Because it's kind of one of those things. It's like jumping on a roller coaster. You know, you could stand in line all day, but as soon as you, you get up to that point and you're next to get on the ride, you can still chicken out and what you have to understand is I bought all this equipment months ago and I wanted to do the podcast. I want to, you know, put it out there, but I would always find an excuse to kind of procrastinate, to push it back and to, uh, really not do it. You know what I mean? You're just finding excuses. I had to buy a new pop filter. I needed to, you know, really set up the room. I needed to, you know, I had something else to do or, you know, I learned that about myself that I was finding reasons not to do it because, you know, I just it's kind of like talking to a girl. You just kind of like, yeah, I want to go do it, but uh, I really don't want to get rejected or I really don't. You find excuses, you know what I mean? Um, and as far as that, you know, roller coaster uh, analogy, it's. As soon as you jump on there, or you you go skydiving. You, as soon as you take that one step, there's really no turning back. You know you're doing it, and and then it's okay. You know you realize that it's not as bad as as you hyped it up to be in your head. Um, I was just telling the wife, I'm like, yeah, I really want to, you know, build a couple uh, sound panels and really make it sound better and. And she was just like, you need, you need to just fucking do it. You just do it. You know, you'll get better with time. You just need to do it and start doing it. And, uh, you know, uh, it's one of those sayings is like, where do you want to be in six months? You know, still be talking about it or, or you want to be on, uh, on the path already, you know, with six months under your belt. Um, so yeah, it just kind of, it showed me that, uh, that I have a tendency to to procrastinate on my own my own roadblock sometimes. So, but yeah, this hobby as far as uh, podcasting, I mean, uh, showed me a lot about audio and and microphones and condenser mics and dynamic mics and you know uh, little cheapy ones and some you don't. You could get real good quality audio from an uh, inexpensive mic. It doesn't really have to be cheap like this uh, Audio Technical. Um, it feels good. It's nice and sturdy. It's not really cheap. 
and it's kind of inexpensive as far as uh certain mics out there i mean you could get up to those professional quality microphones and if you don't have like a good setup in your room like i don't you know i i got hard walls right now so i got a lot of sound echo or sound bouncing off the walls um so you learn about all that stuff uh you do a deep dive on youtube and you're learning about how to set up a room so it really tones down the the clangy uh sound um but yeah when this is uh this is one of the hobbies that i got right now is uh podcasting and uh yeah yeah so uh hobby number one that i'm talking about is podcasting so that's one of my my hobbies and uh uh, the lessons that it's taught me is that i tend to kind of to make excuses and procrastinate on certain things now i did kind of know about that i would do that but this kind of solidified it and kind of showed me again that i do do it um so on the next one i'll be talking about the apartments on Paseo Grande, and I'll have a couple stories about that. Uh, around that time, I was uh, I was uh, really getting into my own there, and uh, really hanging out and having some friends, and uh, getting into the Volkswagen co- uh, club scene. Not club scene, but Volkswagen scene. So stay tuned, and uh, if you have a couple friends that you think they kind of like this type of uh podcast uh share it with them i'd like to grow my audience and uh i'll see what i can set up to see if i could uh hear from you guys and see if you guys have some questions or something you want me to talk about or revisit so yeah thanks for uh listening (laughs) 